Sorry guys, this is rapid fire tonight. I know we're all running out of gas, so tr please bear with me. I will be quick. We'll just uh, t talk. What, you don't believe me? <laughs> Good. So I am going to, Todd gave me a great setup. He said, first of all, he was talking about the first E, evangelism. I'm going to touch on the second E, uh, evangel edification, which is discipleship. And uh, he, the verse he touched on was the harvest is plentiful. And why don't we jump to that verse really quick? It is Matthew 7.37, if I'm not mistaken. 9.37, Matthew 9.37. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. So what Jesus is saying there, men, is there are lots of opportunities for E squared, but there's not a lot of workers. So that's kind of what I'm going to touch on a little bit and talk about. And I thought how I would start, well, let's start with prayer first really quick. Lord, thank you for tonight. Lord, help us uh, stay awake just a little bit longer. Thank you for these men. Thank you for who you are and what you've done in our lives. And may all the glory go to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So I thought I would start off with kind of a little bit of a discipleship testimony and kind of how I got started uh, kind of in the one-on-one -on -one discipleship. So I came to Christ, gosh, hard to believe, 28 years ago. And I was really blessed because when I came to Christ, I was going to a great Bible teaching church. And I was really blessed with good biblical teaching. And that went on for about five years. I was excited about my faith. I was excited about the teaching I was getting at church. And after about five years, that excitement started to wane a bit. And I was like, okay, still going to church, still hearing a lot of the same stuff, but not, I felt like I wasn't growing. I felt like I was kind of on a flat plane and didn't know where things were going to go in my Christian walk at that point. And I remember specifically praying to God one night, say, God, thank you for all you've done in my life. But since I've become a Christian, I really have no male relationships in my life. All of my buddies that I hung out with before Christ were a bunch of partiers, and I wasn't partying anymore, and I was no fun to hang out with, so they didn't want to hang out with me. And I really had not developed any relationships in my Christian world. And I said, God, I pray you give me two things. I pray, first of all, you'd bring a guy in my life who's been doing this longer than me so he can get me to the next level of where I, where I want to go. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what it looked like, but I prayed for it. And I also, I said, God, can you give me a guy who is where I'm at in my faith, who can just be a close friend and a close brother, and we can help one another in this walk? So I prayed that prayer, and it was, I don't know how long it was, but it was interesting. Uh, 20 plus years ago, maybe 22 years ago, I by, obviously not chance, by God's providence, ended up at a retreat like this in Arizona for the first time. I had been invited. My brothers had just become Christians, so I went with my dad and my brothers. And I started hearing all this stuff, and it really intrigued me. And before that retreat, I, was, I started going out looking for male relationships. And I remember I was at the church I was attending, and there was this brochure of these different men's Bible studies going on. And one was at a coffee shop very close to where I lived. I'm like, cool, excited. So I called the guy, and I said, hey, I see you guys are having a Christian Bible study. I'd like to come join you. He said, sorry, we're full. We don't have room for anybody else. <laughs> I'm like, 
well, why the heck are you advertising? So I thought that was interesting. And then a few months later, my wife and I decided we moved um, to this community that wasn't close to the big church we're going to. We went to the smaller church. Called up one of the pastors, and I said, hey, I'm looking for a men's group. I'm looking to get together with other men. Do you guys have anything? He said, yep. Um, let me talk to a few guys. I'll get back to you. Never heard from the guy again. So I'm like, what are you doing, God? Like, I'm trying here. And so months later, I find myself at this men's retreat. was hearing such good stuff. I mean, I was blown away that weekend. Well, at the end of the retreat, there's an evaluation form, much like the one you're going to look at at the end of this retreat. And I checked the box. I'm interested in getting together with a group of men. So I was hoping someone's going to follow up with me. Lo and behold, someone did follow up with me. And a guy called me, said, hey, let's get together, get, have lunch, and let's talk about what you're looking for. So we had lunch, nice guy. And I said, yeah, I'm looking for a men's group. Do you have a men's group? He said, well, what's your purpose in life, Trevor? And I said, you know, I gave the can to enjoy uh, God forever, right? To, what is it? The, the catechism? Uh, glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's, I gave him the canned answer. And he said, well, what's the unique purpose God has called you to? And I said, yeah, I don't know. And he said, well, why don't you and I get together, just you and I, and I want to take you through this book that talks about purpose. And the, the thing that was going through my head is, what is this guy's agenda? Just the two of us? That's, I don't know. That's kind of weird. And I totally blew him off and didn't call him back. And so, but then the Holy Spirit and God's like, give him a call, Trevor, call him back. So I think it was about three months later. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Let's get together and go through this purpose book. And I have no idea what we're doing, but I'll do it anyway. And lo and behold, I started meeting with this guy one-on-one. -on -one, and God had specifically answered that prayer about bringing a guy into my life who can help get me to the next level. And I didn't know it at the time. But we would get together and start meeting and going through this purpose book. And for probably the next couple of years, every Wednesday we would get together at 7 a.m. for about an hour and a half, and it absolutely radically changed my life. So that is kind of the personal testimony. And the reason why I learned about discipleship is because a guy discipled me. Uh, let's see here. Thank you. So I want to talk about the tit different types of meetings, and I like to use boats as an analogy, different types of boats. So, uh, hold on here. This is point of work. Okay, on the left, you have the aircraft carrier. And I look at that, that's like the large church, right? And man, they're awesome, they're impressive, they can do a whole lot of cool things, right? I mean, there's a lot, you can launch uh, planes on, planes can take off, can take thousands of people to a destination. And that's like a large church, right? It serves a lot of people. But it has its limitations, right? I mean, changing course on that thing is a, you know, a difficult thing to do. Just like a large church, right? They've got an agenda. They're going down a road. They usually have a book of the Bible they're focused on, right? They're heading down that road, and they got to stay on that road because they're serving a lot of people. The middle one, the yacht, is like a small group. You know, a little more intimate, um, not as many people, and it's great because, you know, you can get to know these people a little better, and it's a little easier to change course, but still, we got an agenda, we got a focus, we can't go off on a whole lot of rabbit trails. But it's a little more focused than the aircraft carrier. And then I look at the speedboat as discipleship. And, oh, by the way, these two, 
the captains of the ship takes a lot of training, right? And only a few people have the ability to navigate those two types of boats. Discipleship is the speedboat. You get on this, in this thing with one guy, and you guys can go wherever the heck you want at any time of the day you want, right? There's not a certain time of the day you have to meet. I mean, the, you know, you get together with your buddy, and by the way, he can decide instead of you where you want to go and what time you should do it and when you should do it. And the great thing about the speedboat, too, is any idiot can drive a speedboat. It does not take more than five minutes of training, and we can put you in the captain's chair and you can start driving. And you might not believe it, but any idiot can disciple another guy because it's the Word of God that does the changing in a man. All you got to do is open up your Bible with another guy, start reading it, and let the Word of God do its work. So our goal is, as Chris spoke about, Todd, 2 Timothy 2.2, right? The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will teach others also. And our goal is a Timothy becomes a Paul, and he becomes a Paul because God is invested, or a guy is invested in him, and he starts investing in the life of another guy. And that's what Dawson Trotman calls the reproduction process. And 2 Timothy 2.2 you're trying to go four generations. So, right, Paul invested into Timothy. The things which I've invested in you, entrust these to faithful men, that's the third generation, who will then teach others also. So our goal and our prayer as we invest in men is that it's going to go four generations deep because Dawson Trotman said, who was the um, founder of the Navigators, if you can go four generations deep, the ministry will continue after you're long gone. So that's the goal. It's a slow process. You know, when we have a big church and a big meeting and, a, you know, Billy Graham had his big evangelical outreaches, right? It can be really exciting and really cool because you can see a lot of people come to Christ. But discipleship is it's a slow process, meeting with one guy on a weekly basis over a long period of time. And sometimes we can say it's not going to go quick enough. But trust me, when that sucker starts to multiply and it starts going to the fourth generation, and you're going to have mature, deep men in the Word, it's amazing what God will do through that. It's amazing. So let's talk about the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. And why is this so important, and why do we need to be doing it? So, uh, my pointer's not working here. Wait, how do you... Is it? Oh, there we go. Ha ha. All right. Sorry. Yeah, I was user. See, confirming I'm an idiot. So up here you have the Sea of Galilee. And above and going through the Sea of Galilee is the Jordan River. And it travels down. Down here is the Dead Sea. Right? So this is where Jesus was hanging out during his ministry, right? Picked up a couple of fishermen. So that is where you have life in that sea, right? There's lots of fish. That's where Peter and John were fishing, where they made their living. Down here in the Dead Sea, you know, nothing can live in that body of water. And the reason why is because you've got the Jordan River running through the Sea of Galilee. That makes for a healthy body of water when water's coming in and water's going out. Dead Sea here is what's called an endoreic basin. And it's actually below sea level. And actually, the Dead Sea is the largest body 
of water below sea, world, sea level in the world. And so the water comes in, but there's nowhere for the water to go. And because of that, it just has to evaporate and become so salty, nothing can live in this water. And that's why it's called the Dead Sea. Let me suggest to you that much like us in our Christian life, if we're doing nothing but taking in the Word of God and we're not giving it away, but it's just sitting in us, it's going to evaporate and we're going to be an unhealthy Christian. But if you start taking in the Word of God and then you start giving it to others, this amazing process goes, happens to you where it will, it will help you to become a mature man of God and a healthy Christian. And in order to be a healthy Christian, you've got to be taking God's word in, and you've got to be giving it away. And Todd talked about the first way, right, is we give it away by we share the gospel with others. And then the other way is when these guys come to know Jesus, we keep investing, because really when they come to Christ, that's just the beginning. And Todd talked about, okay, now after that, let's start getting together, and let's start getting into God's word, and let's start learning about who Jesus is, what the word of God has to say about our lives. And during that process, of course, the guy being discipled grows. But even more so, when you start investing into another guy, you are going to grow twice as quick. It's an amazing process that takes place. So I always tell a guy, when I start meeting with him, I just want you to know, I'm doing this more for me than for you because I need this in my life. So if you ever want to quit, it's no problem. You always have the right to quit at any time. Because I never want you to feel like you're obligated to do this. And this is blessing me twice as much as it's blessing you. I always want to take that burden from the guy of feeling obligated to me. So a couple more things I want to talk. And this is really high level. And one thing I encourage with you guys is one of uh, the workshops is going to get to probably a lot more of the meat of discipleship. So if this is kind of stirring you up and you want to know more, sign up for uh, one of the discipleship uh, breakouts tomorrow. These are the books. This is a great place to get started with a guy. And let me suggest you, no matter where a guy is, if he's not a Christian or has been a Christian for several years, you'd be amazed at even getting into book one, which is the basics. It's the Word of God, who is Jesus, the things Jesus did in eternal life. Those simple subjects will, um, there'll be many things that you will learn for the first time if you haven't been through them yet. Great thing about book one, too, is a guy doesn't have to have a Bible to go through it. All the verses that are discussed are just in that book, at, and, and I love that because then if a guy has no experience with the Word of God in the Bible, he's not going to be too intimidated to grab this 15-page book and just read it one page at a time. The great thing after that is once you get to book two, and by the way, if I ever get through the four chapters with a guy, I've always had the guy say, what's next? A lot of times things may fizzle out in the first couple of chapters, but if I ever get to chapter four, inevitably I always get to the second book with a guy. And then in book two, it ups the ante because now he has to have his own Bible. He has to start looking up the verses. And he, again, is stretched and pushed to the next step in his walk with Christ. Another cool thing about book one is it's actually can be a great evangelism tool because chapter four, the last question, asks the question Todd asked, which is, if you were to die today and go to heaven, where would you go and why? And the guy has to answer the question. And just a few months ago, I had a guy answer that question perfectly. 
But there was another question earlier that talked about believing and receiving. And he said, okay, Trevor, really quick, I just want to go through this with you one more time. I understand the believing, but explain to me the receiving Christ. And I thought to myself, man, this guy has all the answers, but he might not be a Christian yet. So I said, well, let's go through this little booklet just to make sure you are where you need to be. And we went through that booklet, and he, had, he said, yeah, I'm not there yet, and he prayed to receive Christ. So it was, it was really cool because I didn't mean this guy four weeks, and I didn't even see it correctly. But he asked the question, right? That took us to the steps to peace. If you get through these three books with a guy, he's going to know more about the Christian faith than 80% of the Christians out there. It's probably going to take you anywhere from one year to two years to take a guy through those three books based upon how many rabbit trails you go on during the time you spend with him. And that's okay, right? You're never trying to get to a destination. You're just starting a process. And you're going to be blessed, and that guy's going to be blessed, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing to behold what happens when you start discipling a guy. Uh, let's see here. Okay, one more slide. So we're, our goal is to take a guy from coming to Christ in infancy to maturity, right? So if we share the gospel and a guy receives Jesus as his Savior, he becomes a babe in Christ. And if you can start to disciple him, he's going to start growing. And then Chris also, I, we're not going to really spend a lot of time on this, but after I've been discipling a guy for a while, my goal is to get him into the SIAB study. Some the guys call it the Roman study. Some guys call it the Ephesian study. That's where you teach the guy to feed himself on the Word of God. And once that ha happens, he's going to become a teenager. And once you can get him reproducing others, he's going to become an adult, Right. And going through that process can take a couple years. It can take five years. Everyone is different, and so we don't have to worry to rush the process. We just have to get on board and start doing it. And you guys, it's, um, the workers are few. I think two reasons. One is because guys, guys just don't know better. They've never been discipled, so they don't know how to disciple a guy. That's one reason. The other is once you get involved with this, it's going to cost you your life, right? The gospel in Jesus, it's a free gift of God. But to get in the lives of other men and disciple them, it will cost you your life. But let me tell you, there's no better deal in the marketplace than to give your life to other men. That's all I got. Thanks, guys.